Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to AI Named This Show. I'm Tasia Custody. And I'm Tristan Jutra. And we're your human hosts. Today, we bring back one of my favorite segments, the AI Whoopsie Doopsie. And we dive into Amazon's AWS reInvent conference. And hoy to our listeners in the Netherlands. Surely I did not say that right. <laughs> I was going to say, is that how you say it? It's kind of hoy. like ahoy, ahoy, hoy. 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 To all of you in the Netherlands. And I would very much love nothing more than to kick off today's episode with my favorite segment, if you will indulge me in another AI whoopsie doopsie. These are just so good. We do need to get some theme music for that at some point. Just <laughs> something like. Doo -doo 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 -doo. <laughs> well, this one is brought to you by <laughs> Sports Illustrated, which they haven't given us an AI whoopsie doopsie yet. So this one, by the way, it's wild. It's a doozy. Futurism seems to have caught Sports Illustrated in a little bit of a situation. The situation being that they are allegedly publishing AI-generated articles by AI-generated writers, Tristan. Like, made-up people, in We're quotation marks. We're living in a simulation now, truly. Co correct. And by the way, when questioned, Sports Illustrated, first of all, didn't say anything and then scrubbed their site of the content only to respond to futurism after they had released their article alleging what they're doing. One seemingly AI generated writer is named Drew Ortiz. He's a product reviews team member. And I just want to take a second and read his bio because <laughs> it's wonderful. And I think you'll enjoy it. So here's his his bio that did did exist for a time as a quote-unquote writer on Sports Illustrated. Drew has spent much of his life outdoors and is excited to guide you through his never-ending list of the best products to keep you from falling to the perils of nature. 
Nowadays, there is rarely a weekend that goes by where Drew isn't out camping, hiking, or just back on his parents' farm. Aw. <laughs> the perils of nature. The perils of nature. The original just... grizzly man. <laughs> just incredible. So his the other issue here is that his profile photo is definitely for sale on a website that sells AI-generated headshots. <laughs> they didn't even make their own. They just <laughs> nope, bought one they from bought it else. off a website. Oh, and he is described on the website as a neutral white young adult male with short brown hair and blue eyes. <laughs> Very neutral. And by so the way, neutral. look at those dead eyes. So look neutral. At those dead eyes. Well, he's also not the those only one. Chapped lips or yeah, look at those teeth. Or maybe that's watermark. Never mind. I that would be more know. realistic. They need people with chapped lips and AI teeth. The eyes are the thing to me that seem a little unrealistic. And also the hair is just perfectly like quaffed. Is that how you say it? Quaffed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, to have hair again. Oh, the perfectly quaffed hair. But he's not the only one because a few anonymous sources confirm that there's actually a lot of them. Dun, dun, dun. And the content may be just as odd as using a fake headshot and fake name because one Ortiz article warns that volleyball, quote, can be a tricky can be a little tricky to get into, especially without an actual ball to practice with. Hmm. That's a, that's a keen insight. What a cheeky, a cheeky little writer we have there. Now, Sports Illustrated, for their part, claims that this is all untrue. And when they did eventually... That's exactly what an AI would say. Right? And when they did eventually respond to Futurism after Futurism published their article, they said, quote, the articles in question were product reviews and were licensed content from an external third-party company, Advon Commerce. A number of Advon's e-commerce articles ran certain arena websites. We continually monitor our partners and were in the midst of a review when these allegations were raised. I'm sure you were. (laughs) Advon has assured us that all of these articles in question were written and edited by humans. So then it goes on from there to you know, but it basically is just saying that, oh, like we asked them and then we just took them for their word and oh yeah, like how convenient we were actually already like reviewing stuff. So they're claiming that they, once they learned that Advon writers used pen names, I guess, or pseudonames in certain articles to protect author privacy, then they're saying they don't condone those actions. And then that's why they removed the content pending investigation, not because Futurism published this <laughs> this article being like, dude, what's up? So they're they're obviously claiming, oh no, no, we already had these these this ball was in motion before. And by the way, Tristan, none of this even touches on the fact that the real issue here that Futurism brought up is that Sports Illustrated is allegedly publishing content from non-existent writers with AI-generated headshots. It's wild. And that seems to be a common theme, just like blaming it on a third party. Because yes, we, and we saw that with <clears throat> with the uh, was that the, the the Guardian and and uh, and Microsoft's uh, web yes. tools and and whatnot. So it's like that way. There's I don't know, plausible deniability, and if they ever if they ever get caught, they can just blame it on the other guy. It's it's a little wild. Um, speaking of wild, I mean, as you mentioned, there are a number of these. 
quote unquote reporters or journalists, each with their own uh, personalities. There's also uh, Asora Tanaka, who is, um, she is, what do you say? She has always been a fitness guru and loves to try different foods and drinks. Well, how about that? (laughs) Well, how about liking food and drink? (laughs) And it goes on, but it's, it's, it's quite generic. And yeah, and the headshots too. They're just a little uncanny. Like the eye lines are off. I mean, it's this the is the eyes for yeah. me. I think. And, and these are the kind of images that you would see for a couple of years now on thispersondoesnotexist.com. So, pro tip for you folks out there: if you are a once well-respected publication and you've fallen on hard times because the advertising game isn't what it used to be, well, rather than just simply purchasing. AI-generated headshots from a third party, go to thispersondoesnotexist.com and just keep refreshing until you find your own totally unique headshot of a person you can call your own. Another pro tip from TJ. (laughs) Episode after episode. Well, before we jump into the all the Amazon AWS reInvent conference goodness, I would love to tell you but a little Google Bard update, Tristan. You know I love getting Google in when I can. And now and, with Google Bard. And YouTube. Bard, it's your other love. Yes. Your love-hate. My love-hate. Love, I'm just kidding. My love-hate. My wah-wah with YouTube. But Google Bard can now answer questions about YouTube videos. So this is pretty exciting. So I just want to be a little bit clear here. So Bard could already analyze a YouTube video when they launched that YouTube extension back in, I believe it was September. But this is a bit different because now it can give you specific answers about questions related to the content of a video. So in the announcement, Google said, if you're looking for videos on how to make olive oil cake, this was like their example, you can now also ask how many eggs in the recipe in the first video requires. We've heard you want deeper engagement with YouTube videos, so we're expanding the YouTube extension to understand some video content so you can have a richer conversation with Bard about it. So before this latest update, the YouTube extension for Bard, it could only be used to find specific videos. Now, if you are watching, I don't know, say a travel video, you can ask Bard, you're like, oh, I like that location. You can go and ask Bard, where is that place? in that video which is very exciting like this is like a cool a cool update which by the way like they had just also as a little aside launched for like quote-unquote teens teens that are of age that could have like their own google account and then bang right after that it's like oh we gotta add like better youtube integration like they know their market (laughs) so i think this is another case of be careful what you wish for it's quite apparent that YouTube and, of course, Google and Alphabet above them. It's weird. YouTube is not a division of Alphabet. It's a division of Google, oddly enough. So both entities, all three entities, are the beneficiary of tons and tons and tons of content, which is uploaded to, to YouTube on a regular basis. The last count, and this is probably outdated, last I heard was 500 hours every minute were being uploaded to YouTube. And it's it's probably blown past that since. YouTube and Google have the AI smarts to be doing the automated transcriptions 
So they have a pretty good idea of the contents of these videos. And that's how you're now able to query about the contents of these videos. However, Tasia, as a YouTube creator, why do people need to bother watching the videos anymore? Why do we need to hear, like, it's kind of like the whole thing with the blog posts and about the recipes. You know, I don't care about your, uh, your family's history uh, from Sicily and how they emigrated to Ellis Island and this and that and the other thing. I just want, I just want the pasta recipe. That's a, a common complaint you hear because there's the engagement, there's the ad views, all that kind of stuff. So why now would someone watch a 10, 20, 30 minute video for a nugget of information that could, they could simply query using this YouTube feature? Well, two things. One, this puts more pressure on content creators. To, Just what you want. Yep. Try to keep the eyeballs more on the pressure. channel, your watch time. But the second part of that, which is also watch time, I'm curious about how this will affect watch time. Because if somebody can just search within your video now to like the certain parts. So you know how in Google search it's happened for a while where now it'll direct you to like a specific part in the video, which is really cool for the searcher because it's like, yeah, you just want that information in and out. But all of that affects creators watch time. So I feel like this is just another extension of that. That's going to be like, how are we going to get really creative and really smart as creators on this platform now to say to people like, we want you watching all the way through and to give them enough zhuzh that they are watching all the way through. It's another, But also yeah. part of me, Tristan, feels like, good, don't freaking comment on my YouTube videos. What about blah, 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 when it's like, I said it in the video four times. Use the search, use that AI search, you know okay? I'm gonna say to them, go to Bard and look it up. <laughs> I am tired of repeating myself. But yeah, so it's 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 uh, exactly what you're saying. Careful what you wish for, because it's like a, on one side, I'm like, yes, love the searchability. On the other side, I'm like, man, it's another ding to my watch time. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's another classic case of the, the disintermediation of the content creators from the actual consumer of the content. We've talked for years about how a lot of news organizations have been concerned about Google News snippets and Google Answers. Like why, a lot of times you can put in a query into Google and have the answer delivered right there in the Google search engine results page and you don't even have to go to the website. So you're denying the traffic to the website, the potential ad views, et cetera, et cetera. Well, now we're seeing the same kind of thing for YouTube video creators. So is it that YouTube is not going to be satisfied until no one actually looks at any source content anymore and YouTube is going to be the oracle to answer all your questions? I mean, that's the way things are going with ChatGPT. I, I guarantee there's a decline in certain types of web traffic for, for certain types of queries that people are asking, Google Bard, ChatGPT, and the like. I know I'm doing less because it's going and doing it for me, either in its existing knowledge base or uh, with its you know live web features. So again, more pressure on creators, which is exactly what you need knowing your current stress level. What I want, cause I'm already working till 10 tonight. Do -do 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 -do. <laughs> that's the, my- We gotta get that on Spotify. I was gonna say, that's my original single. Thank you. You can buy it from my Patreon. <laughs> but- I, uh, I just thought of one other thing. I, I'm sorry. How long is it gonna be until Sports Illustrated gets an AI generated swimsuit model? They could yeah. have a whole issue. Yeah. I mean, that. I mean that. Ups I, I was gonna mention that earlier, but I'm a little slow on account of the cold, Neds. <laughs> but we're still here. Trucking through. But yeah, that's a good point too. I never thought about that. 
How many fingers and teeth do those swimsuit models have? <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, Tristan, let's jump into... Let's get serious, shall we? Let's get serious, yeah. For a change, because... I think there's a lot to cover from Amazon's AWS reInvent 2023. Oh my God. Okay, kick us off with what all these announcements were. So they're uh, Amazon's AWS, Amazon Web Services reInvent conference was in La- Las Vegas last week, taking over the entire strip. And the company, as we know, has been making investments in generative AI. They had a recent I think it was a $500 million investment in Anthropic and um, offering access to large language models like Llama 2 by Meta, as mentioned earlier. And they, they've kind of claimed to be a bit agnostic. They're, they're providing uh, tools to access a number of different uh, AI systems and platforms out there. So th- th- there was a bunch of stuff that was uh, announced at this conference. We uh, even know some people, some fellow colleagues that were there some exciting stuff. We're going to focus on the AI-related ones today. So first up is Amazon's Q. And no, it's not that Q. It's not Q and on. So you can simmer. Don't get triggered. But it's also not Q star. It's not Q star. Why is everybody <laughs> using Q? Am I, mean, I missing are, something with this? There, there are other letters in the alphabet, aren't there? I mean, well, X is kind of played out now, too. But, like, does it mean <sighs> something and I just don't get it? <clears throat> well, some... <laughs> There's a couple Q is of so hot right now. <laughs> There's a couple of theories. One is that Amazon owns the rights to the James Bond franchise now. They bought MGM Studios, which has the rights to James Bond. And one of the key characters in James Bond, since the very beginning, his name is Q. And he's the gadget guy, always outfitting James Bond with the stuff. Real smart scientist gadget guy. The other Q that exists in popular culture, at least in nerd lore, as introduced in Star Trek The Next Generation, was the demigod Q who was always testing Jean-Luc Picard and his colleagues, and then shows up in later Star Trek series as well, and then again in Star Trek Picard over the last uh, season or two as well. So, so the Q question has been has answered. A lot of weight. It just, Tasia does not understand the significance of Q. <laughs> <laughs> so what is Amazon Q? It's their new AI chatbot, generative AI-powered assistant tailored for work. So this isn't necessarily a public-facing thing a la ChatGPT, but it can answer common questions, generate content, take actions. So we're talking about some agent-type functionality here. 
and customize interactions based on user roles. So it can understand data permissions, which is important in a company because certain types of roles in your company may have access to certain information. Not everyone's going to have access to all the HR stuff, for example. Others won't have access to, say, like code bases if you're doing that. So you want things properly segregated in accordance with you know proper governance and compliance uh, regulations at your company or in your industry. You can even tailor queue to generate responses for customer service. So there could be a public facing uh, aspect in that regard. It can even do things like change source code. So this is like a copilot, uh, like a GitHub copilot uh, type functionality. Um, it can. Uh, it can connect to more than 40 enterprise systems and external apps like Slack. So those integrations are key there. Again, Amazon's trying to be agnostic. Oh, we'll let you plug into anything. And it's trained on the AWS uh, knowledge and experience. So everything from your organization that you've got in the cloud, in the Amazon cloud, um, it's designed to access this company data and systems and answer your workers' queries. So Amazon promises not to use com company content to train its general AI models, only the one specific for your organization. <clears throat> and it's available in preview and will cost between $20 and $30 US per user per month. So we're looking in the territory, like the upper end of the territory for the Microsoft uh, products as well. So com competitors include, of course, Microsoft's um, Windows Copilot and all their other Copilot uh, that we talked about previously, how it's appearing in so many different apps and uh, platforms, Google's Duet AI, and of course, OpenAI's ChatGPT Enterprise. So ultimately, the question is, how is this going to stack up to the competitors? Is this just another way for Amazon to leverage its AWS platform? And you know, obviously, they want to compete in the AI market. They've got, they've, they've got some skin in the game, million, you know, tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, but the, you know, it's, so... What, what, do you, what do you think, Tasha? Is this, is this them playing catch-up? Do you think, you know, I mean, there's lots and lots of companies that are using Amazon Web Services, especially those in tech. And I think even Apple was had been using a lot of their stuff for a while. I'm not sure if they are uh, anymore. Is it too little too late? Or do you think this is, this is like a full-throated enough first uh, volley into this space? I think they could have a niche market because I don't think people realize how how many companies are tied to AWS. Like the NHL gets a lot of their AI and a lot of their stats and everything. Everything's like powered by AWS. So like it's it's much bigger than what us lay people would think. However, I feel like when you already have the competition out there, it's so hard to to hold ground. So I think their play is kind of like more niche based, like more workplace based. Like I see more of their competitor as the duet AI or the co-pilot mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. it's like you're at a company and this is the integration we use with this company. You personally go use whatever you want, but at the company we use this. And that's how I can kind of see that integration playing because it'd be a lot simpler for these companies that already have other integrations with AWS. It would make sense. And you can see by the interface on their uh, preview page that it's similar to building a, a custom GPT in uh, an, an open AI. So you can create these dedicated uh, chatbots for the different areas of your company and then restrict them based on user role. So obviously, the, this is the enterprise play here. This is not a consumer play, at least not yet. But you can just imagine that they're going to take learnings from this and probably be applying mm -hmm. them to their retail efforts, Amazon.com, pretty soon too, right? If they're eating their own dog food. 
It's just ugly right now. <laughs> I find a lot of these these LLMs, like yeah. these chatbots are like the interface is ugly because it's there for a specific use case. So it's not yeah. like people are like, I need it to look pretty. But yeah. I would I like things to look pretty. Yeah. I mean, built by engineers. They're just trying to ship quickly, get it yeah. out the door, and then we'll pretty it up later. Even I've, I've noticed that ChatGPT has gotten better over time. Yes. I wish they would have a search feature for past chats. That would be handy. But again, it's just get your minute your MVP, your minimum viable product out the door and then continue iterate, 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 and we'll eventually get there. I mean, it's still so new. When you go back and look at early uh, graphical user interfaces, like the original Macintosh interface, Windows 1.0 oh, yeah. and the like, like so it, it took a few years for a lot of the conventions to become standardized so people could go from one platform to another and not get too weirded out. And uh, things got more and more refined. So we, I mean, we are building on decades of user interface here, but again, they're just shipping so quickly. Okay. So mm -hmm. it seems like they also introduced, you know, they're jumping into the AI image creation game. Indeed. So they have something called Titan Image Generator, which is a new text-to-image AI model from Amazon that can create realistic images from natural language prompts and, and even change backgrounds. So natural language prompts sound familiar. So and Titan. GPT stuff. Titan is a name I can get behind. Yes. It's a, well, especially if you're uh, into Monarch Legacy of Monsters on Apple TV Plus right now. The Titans are like Godzilla and Kong. Sorry, Tasia, I know. Anyhow, so uh, Titan Image Generator is a, That don't make me feel included. <laughs> we, do, we just need to work on your geek cred, that's all. <sighs> Monsters, superheroes, aliens, robots. Anyhow, Titan Image Generator <laughs> is a, a tool for developers to build their own image generators using Amazon Bedrock. So, yo, dog, I heard you like image generators, so we put one an image generator in your image generator so you can make your own image generators, basically. So Amazon Bedrock, if you're not familiar, is a fully managed service that makes leading foundation models from AI companies available through an API. So you can plug into stuff from the different uh, AI providers, such as OpenAI and Meta and Google and like whatever you want. Again, this is Amazon's being a bit agnostic here. But the idea here is that you could not just use their image generator, but create your own custom image generators. Um, they have a feature that automatically adds watermarks to the images to mark them as AI generated. So we've talked about that in the past for you know, telling the provenance of things and <clears throat> helping identify their source. The watermarks aren't visible to the human eye and can be detected by an API, which is also provided by Amazon. So they'll have watermarks in the metadata, but also embedded uh, invisibly in the image itself. That's not all. It's not just the image generation stuff. They've also got two text generation models, one called Titan Text Lite for lighter tasks like copywriting, and also one called Text Express for larger tasks like conversational chat apps. And both are available for general use. And part of this, and we've seen this, uh, I think from Adobe previously, they are including copyright indemnity. So a legal protection offered by Amazon to its customers who use its Titan foundation models or any Amazon created AI application. So this would cover any potential infringement claims from third parties. So I find it interesting that these large companies are basically saying to uh, people who are using their tools, don't worry about the copyright, we got it covered. So part of that is they're either training their data sets on or, or, or training their models on data sets that they legitimately owns the rights to, such as Adobe with their stock photos. And in this case, there may be a similar in this case, or maybe they've done the appropriate licensing. 
or maybe it's just a function of these players are so large and if there are any lawsuits lawsuits which may be even considered nuisance or just not well-founded, given that the whole notion of copyright and fair use, as we touched on early last episode with Elon Musk and all that kind of stuff, um, that it may not even be uh, what, what people, what copyright holders claim it is anyhow, and they don't really have a case, and these guys have so much money they can just make these lawsuits go away or settle them. We'll see how this actually plays out in real time. So another tool for uh, for those who are in the Amazon uh, ecosystem, especially AWS, keep help keep them in the ecosystem. You don't need to go and use stuff from Google or OpenAI. Just stay here. The water's warm. Join us. <laughs> but but that's not all. They had another AI <clears throat> feature, and like it what was, didn't they announce? <laughs> uh, a decent search engine within the Amazon <laughs> store. How about that? Oh, I know. Don't Seriously. Even Maybe I can fix that. (laughs) But we digress. And another service that Amazon uh, announced at the event was Amazon Transcribe, which is a cloud-based automatic speech recognition service that can transcribe audio and video recordings into text. And already supports over 100 languages using generative AI models that can recognize speech patterns and accents across diverse languages. They also offer features such as punctuation, vocabulary, language identification, and content filtering. It can be used to create applications that require speech-to-text capabilities, such as call analytics, which can generate automated summaries of call transcripts and extract insights. So similar to some of the Mm -hmm. tools we've been seeing from Zoom, for example, and Microsoft 365 in in their Teams app. So, of course... They're facing competition from other companies that offer these sorts of ser- services, uh, transcription and summarization features, uh, such as those I mentioned, along with Otter.ai, Meta, and OpenAI. So just like with some of the other stuff, they're just they're getting in the game here. They want to make sure that they are early enough so they don't lose people to these other competing services. Come and stay in the Amazon family. Well, and I feel like they were flexing, flexing their mu- muscles a little bit, too, with their AI chips. I mean, they're, they're making some pretty bold claims in this conference about how fast they are. <laughs> so it's not just software and services, it's hardware. And we had heard about how some of the rumors about Sam Altman from OpenAI was going and trying to create his own uh, chips for AI in competition with NVIDIA. Well, in this case, Amazon has been, um, they announced a deeper partnership with NVIDIA but they, so they're creating new AI chips, Tranium 2, Graviton 4, and they're designed to improve the performance and efficiency of a model of training and inference. Um, Tranium 2 is claimed to be four times faster and two times more energy efficient than its predecessor. And Graviton 4 is based on ARM architecture and offering 30% more general performance than Intel or AMD chips. And then as for their Intel partnership, uh, sorry, their NVIDIA partnership, um, a of course, NVIDIA is a leading provider of GPUs for AI. Uh, AWS will offer cloud access to NVIDIA's latest H200 AI GPUs, which are optimized for large-scale AI workloads. And AWS will also operate more than 16,000 GH200 Grace Hopper superchips for NVIDIA's research and development team. So some of these GPUs, these chips that we're talking about, can range, they can get up into the tens of thousands of dollars each. So... Aren't we all wishing that we had bought NVIDIA stock a couple of years ago? Oh, big not just, time. Not just for gaming, not just for crypto. No, but, they really fell mm, into a oh luck. Oh, boy. Like, 
they made a chip for one thing and then were approached to be like, hey, we could really use your chip over here. And it was like, okay, we'll do it. And it's kind of nice that they've named this one um, uh, after Grace Hopper. She was uh, an American computer scientist, mathematician, and United States Navy Rear Admiral. She was a pioneer of computer programming and one of the first programmers of the Harvard Mark I computer. So kind of like yeah. our little reference to the Bletchley Park Codebreakers yes. a few weeks ago. Now we've got a shout out to Grace Hopper. And we always talk about the godfather of this and the godfather of that. Well, here's a godmother. Boom. Well, everyone's getting in the game. Who's, who's going to be next? Place your bets. <laughs> we don't know. And I said Amazon's insight. I meant Amazon's reinvent. Sorry. Again, there's a glitch in the simulation. We don't even know what day or time it is at this point. So it's totally fine. And with that, we should thank our loyal, loyal listeners, or perhaps it's just one listener. <laughs> For point. tuning in to AI Named This Show, we would really love if you could please leave us a review where you're listening to this podcast because it really helps us get this show out to more people, which is the whole point. Tristan and I want to talk to a lot of people, not just each other. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of AI Named This Show. AI and goodbye. <laughs> 